Hey, and welcome to Not Just a Sports Report today. Jumping into the NRL Power Hour. It's going to be an hour where I take a look at all the action from across the weekend uh, with a few notes on each team and, yeah, just a little bit on what I saw. So this time around for the first edition, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give my thoughts immediately following each game. So rather than at the end of the weekend sitting down, what I'm going to do right after the games, I will give my thoughts. If there's anything I say in the heat of the moment that maybe I change my mind on later down the track, well, I'll keep you updated on that. But immediately following each game, I'll give some thoughts. Now, if you enjoyed the podcast today, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report. And also on whatever podcast platform you're listening on, you'll be able to see whenever new NRL content comes out. You may have already seen that my NRL Round 2 Preview and Predictions podcast is out, so you can go back and listen to that if you want in-depth analysis in terms of my tips for the round. But I'll just go quickly through the eight games and what I ended up tipping head-to-head. In the Thursday night game, I had Melbourne Storm head-to-head over the Rabbitohs. Friday night, I've taken the Panthers over the Dragons. On the Friday game after that, I have the Roosters beating the Seagulls, but very unsure about that, but I've gone for the Roosters to beat the Seagulls. Moving on to the Saturday action, I've taken the Warriors, but they are my team. It is a biased pick, and if they weren't my team, I'd absolutely be tipping the Titans. Very worried about that game, but I tipped the Warriors because they are my team. The other Saturday games, I've gone the Raiders to beat the Cowboys, and in the Eels and Sharks game, that one is going to be a really, really close one, but only just I've decided to tip the Eels, and for the Sunday action, I've gone the Newcastle Knights up against the Tigers, but I think we could definitely see an upset there, and for the final game of the round, this is the one I have, is the game of the round, two sides really, really looking to build on their round one win, it's going to be the Bulldogs up against the Broncos, I have the Brisbane Broncos winning, but to be honest, there is something inside me that says a Matt Burstyn. Uh, I don't know if Matt Burstyn's playing this weekend. Uh, Unfortunately, he's an incredible player, but I don't think he made the Bulldogs top 30. Matt Burton, however, who was incredible in the centres, but naturally he is a 5'8". He is one of the next big things in this competition. I am sensing that a masterclass could be on here. I'm definitely thinking Matt Burton, anytime try scorer. And there's no doubt that Matt Burton is the X factor. He is the key for the Bulldogs alongside many of their high profile recruits. So I think that's going to be a very close game, but I've taken the Brisbane Broncos only just. So let's get into it, shall we? We will start with the Thursday night game. I've just sat down and watched it. What a thriller. I had the storm put my money on them, but wow, we. That one went down to the wire almost out of nowhere. So the Melbourne Storm getting up 15-14 over the Rabbitohs where South Sydney pulled off a remarkable comeback. So a milestone win on a pretty remarkable occasion for Craig Bellamy. And it's a huge test ahead for the Storm, but 2-0 to start the season. I love what I see. I still have the Storm as a top four side this year. And... They were my prediction in my preview and prediction podcasts to finish first. So I didn't have them as the premiers, but I do have them finishing first this season. So I still think the Melbourne Storm are one of the teams to beat alongside the Panthers. And my picks for the premiers, I'm a little bit worried about in the Roosters. So 
the Melbourne Storm getting it done. The Rabbitohs, a loss for them. Now, I predicted them to finish in seventh place. That looks, you know, it's only very early days, but I think that could come true. But altogether, they're still going to be scrambling to try and make the eight. If some of these lower sides, like the Dragons and things, and the Sharks start to improve and really push for positions in the top eight. So very, very interesting times ahead. I'll just quickly jump into the try scorers for the game and the field goal scorers. Now, in terms of the try scoring, it was all Melbourne Storm early. I even got my first try scorer bet up. Xavier Coates out on that right wing scoring the first try and the 10th minute mark, or at the 10th minute mark, my apologies. Now, Ryan Pappenhausen backed that up pretty quickly. 21st minute try, and then Munster went over in the 23rd minute. So boom, boom, boom. Three very quick tries, but unfortunately the goal kicking was off. Harry Grant having a kick for goal or a couple. So very interesting to see Harry Grant. I was wondering uh, who kind of a few of their backup options were in terms of goal kicking. And Ryan Pappenhausen got one conversion. So they went up 14-0. And then it looked all but over heading toward the last 12 minutes before Alex Johnson scored a try in the 68th minute. Jackson Paulo followed up in the 74th minute and then Campbell Graham scoring in the 77th minute. And that is when South Sydney's marquee man stepped up Latrell Mitchell, nailing the conversion. And then not only that, but following that up with a 48 metre field goal so a two-point field goal to level it up it was unbelievable Latrell Mitchell in the clutch standing up big time so the game ended up going to golden point 14 all really good indicator that the South Sydney Rabbitohs are still up for the season and they want to be right there on grand final day but in the end it was Ryan Pappenhausen stepping up and kicking the field goal to win the game in golden point now, while I've got a couple of minutes, I'll just jump into the notes that I wrote down throughout the game. So start with Xavier Coates' first try. That was really good. That ended up winning me a tick over a hundred bucks. So thank you, Xavier Coates. Uh, I also had a little podcast multi going, but that didn't end up coming to or fruition. Now the storm at Amy Park, I think they are going to be really strong. That's why I have them in first position this year. I just think in Melbourne returning to their home fortress. They're going to be far too strong at Amy Park, and I'm really interested to see which team can be the first to defeat them at Amy Park, if any. Now, the Eels were one of the sides that were kind of a thorn in the Melbourne Storm side, but I find it really hard to pick a side other than the Penrith Panthers that can beat the Storm at Amy Park, and I'm not sure whether they're going to play at Amy Park because I do know that Melbourne and Penrith are playing round 10 at Magic Round. Now also wrote down Harry Grant kicking for goal a couple of times, already mentioned that. The Storm and the Panthers together, they are the best in the game at manipulating the rules. So the Storm worked that to their advantage really well early, but toward the end of the game they had tired legs and the Rabbitohs managed to pull it back. So very, very interesting and the Melbourne Storm nearly lost that one. And yeah, Craig Bellamy, I'm sure, will be laying into the boys to a degree. But yeah, there'll definitely be a pretty fiery Craig Bellamy in the shed. So very interesting times ahead. And also another note, Slater, Smith, Cronk. What a combination that was. 
that held the storm up over so many years. Well, now they've got Pappenhausen, Munster, Jerome Hughes and Harry Grant. All of a sudden, the Melbourne Storm look like they are poised to be a powerhouse for years to come. And the core of that is right there to build with. Even though they have a lot of players departing, there is still that core that they are building and they have some young guys coming through now who look very exciting, Trent Loyero being one of them. Now, we know that a lot of players, senior players, the Bromwich brothers, Felice Cafusi, are going to the Dolphins, and that's not where it ends. We know that the Dolphins are looking to raid the likes of Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes, and Harry Grant, all three of them. So, very, very interesting times ahead, but I think if the Melbourne Storm can hold three out of the four here, or all four, like, I do think there's a chance Jerome Hughes may depart, but I think... Essentially, this combination of the four of them is really, really strong. If they can keep this there, then I think they can build around it. Craig Bellamy will make sure that the Melbourne Storm are left in good hands when he's ready to hand over the reins. And the Storm are not done yet. In terms of the narrative of will the Storm drop off, this is the biggest test yet. I have full faith in the Melbourne Storm, although there were some worries throughout this game. But ultimately, good signs in round two. Now, alarm bells were ringing early for Souths, but they managed to turn it around. So, really, really good from Souths. They had that late comeback. The goal kicking was abysmal. Now, Latrell stepped up right at the end to get that conversion kick, but there still is definitely that Adam Reynolds narrative that it was it the right call. Well, now they're not able to kink their conversion goals. So, all of a sudden, yeah, it just starts to intensify. They are now 0 and 2 whereas the Storm are 2-0 and at the start of the season. Luttrell having a huge moment with that 48-metre two-point field goal, but ultimately my X-Factor man of the match was Ryan Pappenhausen. When the game came to a crunch moment, it was Ryan Pappenhausen who stepped up, as he's done before, and nailed a beautiful field goal to get the Melbourne Storm the win and to have them 2-0 and to start what is going to be a massive season for them. So I was highly impressed with the likes of Jerome Hughes and Harry Grant as well, but I've gone for Ryan Pappenhausen as my X-Factor man of the match. My prediction was the Melbourne Storm, so I'm one for one to start the weekend. Very close and tense contest though. Hopefully it's going to be a great game tomorrow. I'm sure it is featuring two teams in unbelievably great form as the St. George Illawarra Dragons take on the Penrith Panthers. So I'm going to sit down and watch that tomorrow night and I'll be back in a matter of seconds thanks to the power of editing with my thoughts on the Dragons and Panthers Friday night clash. Alrighty, it is now time to jump into the Panthers and Dragons clash. Very good signs for Dragons fans and I do apologise if this audio has gone a little bit louder. Uh, just been playing around a bit, having issues with my microphone. It's being, even now, a little bit annoying. So trying to work that out, uh, but I'll digress. So very good game from the Dragons. In the end, Panthers getting home 20 to 16, but the Dragons did make a late run. Now they were kind of blown off the park a little bit early. Not really, like they were hanging with Panthers the entire way, but the Panthers just outclassed them a bit in the first half. Viliame kick out, especially, who had a great milestone performance. Two tries. He had his family flown over from Fiji. So, huge night 
for Philly Army Kicker. He was actually my X-Factor player of the game. I thought he had an enormous game. Now, the Panthers just getting home, but the Dragons gave them a late scare with a Zach Lomax try toward the end, but overall it was the Panthers' night. So really, really interesting. They continue to win, but no stock or credit lost for the Dragons. Uh, now, some quick points. Ben Hunt is in career best form. In the last last season and this season, I haven't seen him playing so consistently well since uh, that grand final season. So when he was at the Broncos, I really, really think Ben Hunt is stepping up. He's learned more. He's experienced. He is now the captain of the Dragons. So career best form for Ben Hunt. Uh, Viliame kick out, getting the X-Factor player of the game spoils on his 100th game. So big milestone for the big fella. Now, Jack Bird, he's been incredible for the Dragons so far in the back row. Not sure what his contract situation is there. One thing I was thinking is Jack Bird to the Eagles. That's one. I know it's already been rumoured, but I, I think that's going to eventuate. My call is that we see Jack Bird sign with the Eels. Now, Bird had a great battle throughout the game with Liam Martin, his opposite uh, back row. And Liam Martin and him, just they went at it. It was great to see some classic footy material. Speaking of material, top eight material, the St. George Illawarra Dragons, they look like they're going to be playing finals this year. Uh, they've just got to keep the wind stringing along. But a lot of people questioned getting rid of Matt Dufty or just letting him leave. But Tyrell Sloan is the long-term fullback. So ultimately, that looks like the right call. In terms of the game and what I saw, Isaiah Yo. Uh, stepped up, or Isaiah, sorry, trying to get everyone's name exactly right. Isaiah Yo stepped up big time, had a captain's knock with Nathan Cleary missing from action. So, yeah, Isaiah Yo really stood up in this game. He's been a bit of a, um edge for them in attack and defense. So, yeah, he's definitely stepped up into a huge leadership role over the last handful of seasons. So, no doubt the Penrith Panthers are the team to beat this season, but overall, very exciting times for fans of both outfits. Now, I'll just quickly jump into the end of the game where Zach Lomax scored in the 76th minute and the Dragons had a chance to, I think he missed the conversion, so they had the chance to go for the grandstand finish, try and get the win. Now, because Lomax missed the conversion, that eliminated the two-point field goal option and... Yeah, they were just, they had a penalty, but they, they couldn't close it out. Panthers defense, too good. That is what has got them to the grand final in the last two seasons. But overall, I am very positive about the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Going to be a very exciting time for fans of the team this year. And for Panthers fans, well, yeah, can it get any better? So very good. Panthers, definitely the team to beat, but the Dragons... Plenty of teams stepping up now, so it looks like we're going to have a great race for finals football this season, and the Dragons are going to be right in the thick of it. All right, so what a start to the weekend. Two absolute thrilling games to get us started. I do apologize. The audio has been a little bit rogue. I'm still working on my mics. Uh, I'm looking at a new setup as well, so just bear with me. Uh, that audio was a little bit rogue, but I'll digress. We'll get through this. This is the NRL Power Hour, so uh, by next edition, I'll definitely have the audio setup fixed. But yeah, just 
couple of issues. So it sounds a bit weird on, on a couple of those, but it sounds pretty good now. So it sounds like the mic is ready to go. So I'm happy about that. And with that being said, it is time to move into our next game of the weekend. And that was the Roosters and the Seagulls. 15th up against 16th. Very interesting. Uh, but the Roosters getting it done 26-12. to 12. Unbelievable performance. Two tries for Nat Butcher. Satili Tupaniua crossing the line. Drew Hutchison, first try scorer. Daniel Tupo, all scoring tries for the Roosters. Whilst the Seagulls, only two try scorers. Carl Lawton and the captain, Daly Cherry Evans. But it was a very, very intense game. Uh, Nat Butcher, the best game I've seen him play in his career. Really stepping up. Had the two tries, obviously, but... Overall, he was huge, uh, 134 metres made, so he definitely got his work done throughout the middle of the field. And he's a very tireless defender. Nat Butcher works extremely hard in defence, that's one thing that I've always really admired about his game. He got through 27 tackles in this game, so two tries, over 100 metres, 27 tackles. Nat Butcher stepping up in a big way, and that's kind of what's happening at the Roosters, guys who have been younger, kind of learning under these elite players for quite a few years now, like Nat Butcher. They are stepping up in responsibility, a lot of departures at the Roosters. So Nat Butcher is now stepping up. He's becoming one of the leaders at the club, and that performance really signifies that. Now, there were some late changes pre-kickoff. Toff Sipley, so I had to think about that. He was um, changed to the emergency and yeah, I, I wrote that note a day ago, so I forgot about that one. Let's move on. Daniel Tupo, all class, just an amazing winger, continues to get things done for the Roosters. It was 22-0 at halftime, so yeah, the Roosters were just... They blew Manly off the park, and if you listen to my season previews, you'll know that I do have some very real concerns about Manly, and whether they may or may not make the eight. Now, I ended up predicting them to finish fourth, but I did say if there is one team to have a really bad season that people maybe don't see coming, for me, that was going to be the Seagulls. As for the Roosters, they were my pick to win the Premiership this year, so I'm going to stick with that. Uh, Now, the Panthers, obviously the team to beat. Storm still look very good, but my pick was the Roosters, so I'm keeping a keen eye on them this season. I was happy to see them shoot out to a 22-0 lead. And they ended up winning easily, 26-12. to 12. Manly, far too many errors, far too many missed tackles. They just weren't up to the level, and I know they had a really bad start last season, but it, it's going to be harder now to turn it all around. And this time, Trebojevic has been there from the start. So, uh, yeah, not, not cause for concern too early, because let's remember the Seagulls lost to the Roosters and Panthers, two of the biggest contenders, but... There definitely is that flat track bully narrative. Now, some notable performance. I thought James Tedesco played awesome. Victor Radley was really good. Daniel Tupo. But my X-Factor player of the game, Sio Tokiaho. I know Nat Butcher, probably unlucky to miss out on this, but Sio Tokiaho, in a game that was so predominantly based around whose Ford pack could dominate, Tokiaho was the one that stood out to me. 217 run meters. 92 post-contact meters, 31 tackles, and no errors. So so the big man isn't off to the Super League just yet. The Roosters 
still have a major use for him. What a performance Tokiaho has shown. He is going to be one of the essential elements in the Roosters' push to win the Premiership this year. Takiaho, my X-Factor player of the game. And yeah, this one less thrilling than the first two games of the round, but very, very impressed with the Roosters. And yeah, question marks starting to form around the Seagulls. Now, I think they're playing the Knights either next weekend or the weekend after. I'm not 100% sure on that. Now, initially I thought that was going to be a huge bounce back game for the Seagulls, but now I don't know. Now that's going to be a really fun clash. Now I'm not sure exactly what the um, the games are for the next round, but I'll look into that on Tuesday when I sit down to do my NRL weekly preview. Okay, let's move on to our next game from the weekend. Sadness intensifies. We move on to my team, the Warriors, losing to the Titans 20-18. to Greg Marziu absolutely tearing us up. Very concerned as a Warriors fan, but my main goal, because I'm only doing short and sharp kind of thoughts, I'm like, I've only got a bit of time, so rather than focusing on the negative, I'm going to focus on the positive, and that is the Gold Coast Titans. AJ Brimson is a superstar 5'8". Scored, or didn't score, sorry, I believe he set up the first try for Bo Fermor, but unbelievably silky skills. Brimson was a gun junior. Very scary proposition if he starts to fire. Uh, I predicted the Titans to finish in the top eight, and Brimson's move to 5'8", along with the accommodation of Jaden Campbell at fullback, was a major reason as to why I see the Titans succeeding. This year, once again, Warriors conceding the first try. Now, last week, Michele Ravalawa scored three tries uh, on that right-hand wing, so tearing a left side up. Uh, this weekend... It was Greg Marziu who did the same. So I have real, real concerns about the Warriors. They're play, playing flat, the very lackluster, poor execution, and just, yeah, not there for the full 80 minutes. So, yeah, not happy. But Josh Curran playing unbelievable football. Huge fan of Josh Curran. My hope was that Lodge returning alongside Walsh and having Adenfanua Blake that we'd be able to give a better account of ourselves than we did in round one. That was not the case. Uh, Titans just way too good. So, yeah, very, very, I guess sad's not the word, but yeah, overall, we were just torn up. The uh, Titans all over us. I think for the Titans, their next move, they've got their spine basically sorted. I think they need to look at getting a marquee dummy half. Uh, but yeah, overall, just... A lot of question marks, especially over the Rocco Berry-Marcelo Montoya defensive combination uh, at left center and left wing. Yeah, big question marks around the Warriors. I did like Jesse Arthurs. I was happy to see Chanel Harris-Tavita get the go over Nicarima. Uh, but yeah, overall, already very worrying signs for the Warriors. And for the Titans, things are looking pretty good. So my X-Factor player for the game was... Toby Sexton, very quality young star. He stepped up in a big way, getting things done. I was highly impressed with Toby Sexton. So I've gone with Toby Sexton as my X-Factor player. There were a few of them in the Gold Coast squad. Uh, but I think for the young halfback, a lot of question marks were around the Titans backing him in. 100% going all in on Toby Sexton. Well, this kid is a special talent, so... He had the X-Factor to get them over the line. 
to be the game managing halfback in a very close game. And ultimately, Titans getting up, Warriors losing, very concerned about the Warriors. And for the Titans, their first win of the season after a pretty erratic game in round one. I look forward to seeing more of the Titans this year, and I'll speak a little bit more about them on Tuesday in my weekly preview. So moving on, Titans looked awesome in that game. Still some defensive lapses, but it is early in the season. And as for the Warriors, we look about 14th to 16th territory at the moment. So definitely less than impressed, but for Gold Coast Titans fans, get pumped because your side is most definitely on the up. Moving along, let's move across the weekend. The Cronulla Sharks, the Craig Fitzgibbon era is now off to a big start with a finish in the final minutes. Teague Wilton getting the try in the dying stages to fucking, wow, I was I was blown away. Unbelievable performance from the Sharkies. And yeah, look, they look to be every bit a prospect. I took them out of my predicted uh, top eight. I took them out. To accommodate the Warriors, feeling very stupid right about now. But gee whiz, Sharks looking good. Good to see Connor Tracy back out onto the park. In terms of the team list as well, we saw Ikevalu drop back to the emergency. And the return of Cameron McInnes. So his first game in Sharks colours. Huge signing he is. And we are already starting to see the Sharks kind of get bearing the fruits of everything. The labour that they've been putting in the work under the new system. And look, as far as the X Factor goes, I've gone for two X Factor players. And if you listen to my Sharks season preview, these were my two X Factor players for the Sharks. And that was the halves combination of Matt Moylan and Nico Hines. I said that if Moylan can get anywhere close to his best or what we've seen from him alongside Hines, then the Sharks could be a very major premiership threat I really like their Ford pack Uh, I just had concerns I had question marks over their halves so I'm going to give credit where credit is due here and in a very tight very close game I'm going to give credit to the X factors and that was the Sharks halves pairing of Matt Moylan and Nico Hines they stayed in it right till the death the try at the very end Teague Wilton hasn't he been great as well I think he may have been suspended for something during the game, classic NRL things, but yeah, Teague Wilton has been unbelievable stepping in for Wade Graham, and the Sharks seem to be in decent stead, so I haven't had a look at the round three fixtures yet. I will do that during the weekly preview, so I'm excited to see the Sharks' next game. I do believe it's up against the Dragons, so that derby is going to be one of the games of the round, no doubt. Both sides look like they could really surprise some people this year and finish really high up on the ladder. So they're going to be competing hard. That win is going to mean a lot to both sides. I'm interested to see how the halves of both teams kind of develop as well. But let me get back to this game, Sharks and Eels. The Eels failed the test, most definitely. They couldn't close out the game. I know it is harsh. It's early in the season. But the Eels, they're the ones who made a pact, supposedly. Between the lo- lo- uh, not losing, the, well, they were losing this weekend, but between the leaving players and everyone else, they made a pact. Like, we are going to win the premiership this year. Well, you failed this test. Uh, and yeah, you've got a few more tests coming, but their defense on that edge 
on the right edge is so, so poor. Like, Will Penasini is really good. He made some great defensive uh, reads. But overall, like, teams continue to go left and score against the Eels. So that is a definite cause for concern for the side. And, yeah, I had I had them winning. I thought they were going to win the Sharks, the better team on the day. They managed to get it done in the 80 minutes. They played right up until the death. So very, very impressive from the Cronulla Sharks. And now we turn our attention to what they can do over the course of the season. Eels are going to need a bounce back next weekend. I am not exactly sure who Parramatta are up against, but round three is going to be really fun. Now we have a little bit more of an idea on where the teams are at. And now teams like, okay, do we want to be down this bottom part of the ladder? Or for the teams that are up on toward the top, like the Brisbane Broncos, wowee. Uh, you know, for them, it's like, let's continue this momentum. So round three is going to be full of narratives. Round two has been really enjoyable. Still a few games to get to, but credit to the Cronulla Sharks. They hung in there throughout the entire game. These new signings of Finnecane, Hines, Cameron McInnes. I mean, this just signals that the Cronulla Sharks are absolutely heading in the right direction. Craig Fitzgibbon was the coach I wanted at the Warriors. He looks like one of the best coaches, like coaching prospects in the game in terms of future master coaches. So I've definitely got a close eye on the Cronulla Sharks under Craig Fitzgibbon. They finally got that win. They couldn't get it done in round one, lost in similar circumstances. So they've come back, shown a lot of grit, shown a lot of character, and congrats to the Cronulla Sharks. They are in with a chance now, getting that win. Now they can kickstart their season and start making a push. In their mind, like a big goal, I guess, would maybe be top four. All right, up next, and anyone that knows me would know that uh, the Raiders are my second team. So I was hoping they could um, lift my spirits after the Warriors game, but Cowboys 26, Raiders 6. A comprehensive performance, a comprehensive win from the Cowboys. Danger signs, a few red flags for the Raiders, so very interesting. Cowboys getting the win, tries to Murray Taolangi, Hamaso Tabuai Fido, and Kyle Felt, as well as Jeremiah Nano. Just going to grab my notes. Now, some things I wrote down, very lackluster from the Raiders. Super disappointed with that performance. Now, one thing of note is that in round two, the Canberra are already down to their third string halfback. Fogarty first choice, Schneider second choice. Now Matt Frawley is the third choice. I'm wondering, do they look at Sam Williams for next week? Because, yeah, Frawley, I mean, already down to the third string halfback. And look, a couple of things I said in my season preview for the Raiders. The first thing I said is that if Fogarty goes down, I want to see Brad Schneider get a go over Frawley and Sam Williams. And thankfully that did happen. And I rate Frawley. I actually think he's a good player. But look, honestly, that was one of the question marks I had over the Raiders in my season preview, it's why I had them finishing 10th. And I'm optimistic because they're my second team. I am supporting them throughout this whole season. But uh, I, I, I couldn't put them in my 8 because, yeah, I think ultimately that halves depth is a massive worry for me. So definite concerns over the Raiders. As for the Cowboys, well, everyone had them as wooden spoon contenders. 15th, 16th place finish. Uh, well, pff, can they make the 8? Can they make the eight? It is round two. 
It is early days. They got a big win over the Raiders. So the Cowboys are in with a shot, just like everyone else. And yeah, could they be one of the surprise packets of the season, I'm wondering. And if they make the eight, then all of a sudden, wowee, like what, what a side they're building. They have some really great young talent coming through. As far as my X-Factor player of the game, Tom Dearden, shining light. Not many people expected him to get the gig over Scott Drinkwater. Well, he has supposedly for his defense, but look, his attack has been on point. Two try assists, ran for 120 meters, and look, he's the X-Factor, a special young kid who was scarred by his time at the Brisbane Broncos, being thrown into that number seven jersey. He finds himself at 5'8 for the Cowboys. And Chad Townsend, what a great signing. He's relieved a lot of the pressure off the shoulders of Tom Dearden. And that's allowing Tom Dearden to really show what he can do. And so far, I'm loving what I am seeing from Tom Dearden. So he's the X-Factor player of the game, but Chad Townsend deserves a massive rap for that as well. He handled a lot of the kicking, majority of the kicking throughout this game. And he was the organizing halfback who allowed for Tom Dearden to play his natural game. I'm a huge fan of Todd Payton as well, so very happy to see him get this win. I rate him as a coach, so I do think he can do some quality things with the Cowboys this year. And I'm more excited than ever for this top eight race. It looks like everyone, except maybe the Warriors and Tigers, are uh, really pumped up to try and play some finals footy this year. So very interesting. Disappointed with the Raiders. Very impressed. Uh, Cowboys exceeded my expectations. Obviously, there was the drinkwater gamble, Todd Payton not playing him. They lost last weekend to the Bulldogs, last year's Wooden Spooners. Could have been the temptation to bring drinkwater straight in, but Payton went with what he backed in round one, Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend. They got it done here. Now, obviously, there's been a lot of Taumalolo chat as well. That You know, could he go to the Dolphins? Could he go somewhere else? Big contract. Well, I think the Cowboys are going to be able to find a spot for him. It's going to be very interesting going forward. But yeah, Taumalolo stood up big time in this game. I've been a huge fan of the emergence of Murray Talangi. He has really come out since Todd Payton um, has been the coach. And Talangi said, I'm that left winger. That was kind of a spot that was up for grabs. Well, Talangi has put his best foot forward. Chad Townsend, an awesome signing. And a huge signing for them as well was Petahiku. That was exactly what they needed. They were missing a strike center. He got through a ton of meters. He actually ran for the most meters in this game, Petahiku. So an understated signing, but he is going to add a lot to the North Queensland Cowboys this year. So I just knocked my notes over. And yeah, Hiku, great signing. Love the partnership that he's building with Kyle Felt. And yeah, very surprised from the Cowboys. So I'll touch a little bit more on them later on next week. Or not even later on, quite early next week. Once the team lists are out. I'll have a look through and a preview of what is next for the Cowboys, but they've got the first win of the season, and a big one. They made it look easy against a side. Look, the test for the Raiders, I thought the Raiders, if they want to be a finals team, had to beat the Cowboys. And look, the Cowboys made them look silly. So going forward, very interesting to see what the future holds for both sides. All right, that is the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday coverage of the NRL, but two days to get through. Or one day, actually, two games, rather, from today, the Sunday action. And yeah, it was some very interesting football played. Very impressed 
with the Newcastle Knights, who I'm going to start on first, defeating the Tigers 26-4. Now, I didn't have high hopes for either of these sides. All of a sudden, Newcastle, they look awesome. They're exceeding a lot of people's expectations. As for the Tigers, they are under a lot of pressure. 26-4, far too easy there for the Knights to defeat the Tigers. I have some real worries around the Tigers, as well as my own team in the Warriors, but... Look, the Knights defeating the Roosters in round one, backing that up by dominating the Tigers this afternoon in front of a hot home crowd who are very happy to see their team doing well. Yeah, great day for the Newcastle Knights. Now having a look at their five try scorers, Jake Clifford, Tyson Frizzell, Bradman Best, Dominique Young, and Dane Gagai with Ken Malmalo, the lone try scorer for the Tigers. Now, no Kellen Ponga, no Daniel Saifidi either, two of the most influential players, no Mitchell Pearce anymore, so that was a narrative as well. The Knights, this was a huge test for them, up against a side that has troubled them in recent years, and the Knights passed the test with flying colours. They showed that they are not just a one-man team, and even without Kellen Ponga, they looked incredible. So, great day for the Knights. Dane Kagai, unbelievable, hasn't he been... A great pickup. His return to the Knights successfully. He's playing the best football he's ever played in Knights colours. Uh, so very, very good to see Dane Gagai playing well. 11 tackle breaks. 11 tackle breaks during this game. So people just couldn't hold Dane Gagai down. They couldn't stop him. He was incredible in the first round. Back that up. So some really good elite consistency from Dane Gagai, who also managed to cross for a try. Now, I'm doing a rising star this year for the NRL as well, basically like a rookie of the year, but it doesn't have to be their first year. The rules around it are a little bit more loose and uh, broad, but look, I've, I've put forward Dominic Young. I've got a couple of guys that I'm considering. I'll go through my rising star nomination for round two at the end of the podcast, but for the Newcastle Knights, Dominic Young, he is right in rising star contention. There were huge raps on him coming over from England. And look, I'll be honest, I said I wasn't too sure. I had question marks on whether he was going to be able to, at least in the short term, translate these kind of this promise into NRL-ready first-grade success, especially with a lack of development with no New South Wales Cup last year, so or barely any. So Dominic Young, kudos to you. He is exceeding my expectations, playing incredible football, and now... Now I'm starting to understand a bit more like, okay, yep, this is why there were such big raps on him. So great performance from Dominic Young. Also really happy with Chris Randall. Hasn't he done well stepping in for Jaden Braley? That was another major area of concern for the Knights. Well, Chris Randall, if he can stay injury-free, no doubt he is the number nine going forward until Braley is back next season. Tyson Frizzell, he was unbelievable today, round for 191 metres scored a try, and he was involved in everything. He's starting to become a real heart and soul player of the Knights, just as he was for the Dragons for so many years. So I'm going to take my licks. I predicted the Knights to finish in 13th this year. Well, I predicted the Warriors 5th. So yeah, let's all have a laugh at me. Um, But the Knights, they look really, really good, and I'm happy to see it. As I said in the podcast, I don't want to see them go poorly. I just had to make... A prediction, I said I would be more than happy to be proven wrong. Well, in the first two rounds, 
early days, I have been proven wrong. Now, what I'd love to see from the Newcastle Knights is this on a consistent basis going forward. Prove me wrong. Prove everyone wrong because not a lot of people other than Knights fans had them going very well this year. So ultimately, great success early for the Knights. I could have done a Borat voice there. I will stay away from that. And yeah, great signs going forward for the Knights. They are well and truly in the hunt. Look, everyone's still in the hunt for the Premiership. I know we feel as though there are only a few teams who can actually do it, but it is early days. Everyone is in with the shot, and the Newcastle Knights looking very, very good early. In terms of my X-Factor player, or just the X-Factor in general, that was the halves. All these question marks around Mitchell Pearce and his departure. Well, Jake Clifford, he has stepped up absolutely the long-term halves option. And Adam Clune, not a marquee signing by any stretch of the imagination from the Dragons, but he's come over to prove that he's ready to be an NRL number 7 consistently, week in, week out. And yeah, I guess he's, de- he's developed to the perfect kind of level. And now Adam Clune most definitely is NRL standard. And wow, they've exceeded my expectations. And let's not forget that these two halves are working with Andrew Joey Johns. So no doubt he will be passing on some tips, some advice. And yeah, I mean scary to think this halves pairing again i know i've said a lot of things exceeding my expectations but i want to give credit even this halves pairing has exceeded my expectations kudos to the knights you guys are doing unreal to start the season all right time to jump into the last game of the round and this one really interesting i actually had this as the game of the round in my season or weekly preview rather i was really excited both of these teams have had such lean years, very tough times. So Bulldogs and Broncos, one of these sides was going to have a chance to go 2-0 and to start the season. Plenty on the line, and the Broncos got it done in a close one. Herbie Farnworth scoring a double, scoring in the 64th minute. That was the winner. Unbelievable performance from Herbie Farnworth. Unbelievable from the Broncos. No doubt, Kevy Walters will be a very happy man tonight. Now, the Bulldogs themselves, they were really quality too. Matt Burton, absolutely the future of the club. Unfortunately, look, still question marks over Jake Avarillo, but he's looking a lot better in that number seven jersey this year. Looks like the Bulldogs are back in a big way. Obviously, they didn't get the win. But in my opinion, they're going to be contenders in 2023. The two missing pieces to the puzzle, dummy half, edge back rower, Viliami Kikau and Reid Marnie on their way to the club next year. So very exciting times for Bulldogs fans. Can they be contenders in 2022, at least for a spot in the eight? Look, based on what I've seen, I think so. I think these spots are way, way more open than they were last year. And there's a much smaller gap between the elite teams and some of the teams that struggled in the last couple of seasons. So very happy to see that to start the season. Obviously, as we go along, coaches are going to adjust, game plans are going to adjust. We will see some sides pull away from others, but the Bulldogs, they have a chance to really push for a spot in the eight this year. So fans will be excited after some really, really tough years. It's great to see from a neutral perspective, both sides playing well after their times that, yeah, we're really trying. And quality defensive intent, really happy uh, with the way that both sides defended especially the Broncos, defending their way to a win. They showed a much tougher underbelly of their defense than has been what's been there in recent times. So 
really positive signs. In terms of my X-Factor player of the game, Herbie Farnworth, not only did he score a double, not only did he score the winning try, but in a game where Katoni Staggs was MIA, Herbie Farnworth went looking for the ball, he got himself involved, he was the X-Factor. Like when I think of the X-Factor of what gets a team over the line in a close game like this one was, Herbie Farnworth, that was the X-Factor. He was the difference in such a tight game. So yeah, I've got to give it to Herbie here. Congrats to him. What a game. Now Matt Burton, he had an incredible game as well. Matt Dufty appears to have like landed that fullback role at the Dogs, which was definitely a position that they needed to fill. Adam Reynolds and Albert Kelly, they are gelling really nicely. Great first game for them in Broncos colors together. Billy Walt is waiting in the wings as well, playing really well. Great vibes around the Broncos at the moment. Obviously, there was that last clutch 15 minutes where it was 10-all. Who stood up? Herbie Farnworth. Got himself involved, was that strike player, and the Broncos went to the left a lot. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot more plays in a similar fashion from Herbie Farnworth this year. I think he's going to be very much involved in their attack. So great performance from the Broncos, getting the win 16-10. to Is it the year of the ambush? Can they do it? Well, they look poised to make a push for finals football this year. So regardless, it's about the journey, not the destination. Who knows what's going to happen come September and October. But for Broncos fans, at least you're going to get to enjoy the journey. Nothing worse than when you know for sure, yeah, that your side is going to be lingering around the bottom. Warriors, fuck. Sadness intensifies, uh, but... The Broncos, they absolutely look like a quality side this year. Very well could be year of the ambush. Great to see Corey Oates playing well also. I know he made some adjustments in the preseason, working harder than ever. That definitely seems to be paying off. He's done enough to earn that Broncos wing jersey for the time being. Great defensive resilience from the Broncos. Now a lot of these young guys who had been there in the dark times, you know, and getting pumped and losing games and not having any experience on the park. Well, now these Broncos players, these young ones, are battle-tested. They know what the NRL's about, and gee whiz, very exciting time. So for Broncos and Bulldogs fans, immediately it looks like it's going to be a better year for you than it has in the last couple of seasons. So next week, Manly will play the Dogs. That'll be a really interesting clash, that one, especially if the Seagulls lose there. But... Also a danger game for the Dogs. I know they've got a lot of different players. Pretty much a new team. Different looking team than it was last year. But wow, the Seagulls last year absolutely tore the Bulldogs to bits. So it is a danger game. I will jump more into that in my preview on Tuesday. And for the Broncos up next, they've got the Cowboys. Isn't that going to be a great game? Maybe we didn't think that was going to be a super marquee game before a ball was kicked this season. But now the Broncos 2-0, Cowboys coming off a huge win over the Raiders. That's going to be an incredible clash. And the Broncos have a very real chance to start the season three wins, no losses. So my word, that could very well be one of the games of the weekend. I'll jump through all of that in my season preview. Uh, But yeah, those are the games. And to finish off, I've got a little or a couple rather, points that I'm going to touch on. I'm going to nominate my round two rising star, my X-Factor player of the round, 
and cause for concern. So I'm going to pick a side and there's two. I think we kind of all kind of think in the same two teams, but I've had to narrow it down to one. So I'm going to go through all of that. But first, I'm just going to jump through my tips and let's see how many I got right or wrong this week. And it was an interesting round tipping wise. I got five from eight. Shocking Super Saturday. So I got all three wrong on Super Saturday. All the rest of the games right. Thursday night, I had Storm over the Rabbitohs. Friday, I had Panthers beating Dragons. I had Roosters beating the Seagulls. Saturday was where it all went wrong. My head said Titans. My heart said Warriors. My head was right. My tip was wrong. I backed the Warriors in. Really shouldn't have. The Sharks and Eels. Eels failed that test. I backed the Eels. They lost. Cowboys Raiders. I took the Raiders. They got sh- fucking shackled, shellackled, shellacked. I don't even know. I'm lost for words. I couldn't even believe it. Knights, I had them over the Tigers, and I had the Broncos to beat the Bulldogs. So overall, not too bad on the tipping front. And now it's time for me to jump in to my Rising Star nomination for round two, one of the young players who has a very bright future in the NRL. And it was a very, very tough decision. Look, I was ultra close to going for Toby Sexton from the Titans. He is definitely a contender for the end of the year Rising Star Award. Round one's winner was Isaac Tago from the Panthers. And round two, I mentioned him a little bit earlier. My Rising Star is Dominic Young, the Englishman. Knights look like they have a very special talent on their hands. And look, Toby Sexton maybe played a bigger role in his side's win, but things look really exciting at Newcastle at the moment. I guess I'm just caught up in that excitement. And Dominic Young, isn't he playing some great football? So look, Toby Sexton, no doubt he's going to get a nomination at some point throughout this season. He will be in the conversation at the end of the year when it comes to the one, the number one rising star. I'm only picking one at the end of the season, so... Toby Sexton, definitely going to be in the conversation. But my rising star nomination for round two is Dominic Young from the Newcastle Knights. As for my X-Factor player of the round, I am taking Ryan Pappenhausen. Look, plenty of players I could have chosen from even in that one game. But when it came down to it, up against the runners-up of last season, Rabbitohs, look, they looked pretty average the entire game managed to come back toward the end, when it was clutch, when the game was on the line, when there was that moment waiting for someone with that X factor to stand up, Pappenhausen was there. He kicked the winning field goal. Look, he and Munster alongside each other are two definite contenders for the Delium medal. Munster was my overall pick, but look, if Pappenhausen stays fit, firing, and on the field, I think there's a very real chance we could see him end up with the Delium medal going to be interesting to see how it goes long term he had has had his issues staying on the park in recent times but my x-factor player for round two is ryan pappenhausen as for the cause for concern look i was gonna go the warriors my team but i speak about them enough i'm gonna go the west tigers major cause for concern i had them finishing in last place two losses to start the season Look, one of those losses was to the Storm, but they had players out. And look, if the Titans, not the Titans, not the Titans, are the Tigers. If the West Tigers want to play top eight football, 
as they claim they want to. Like, that is the goal. They're not about premierships at the moment. Like, they are flat out just trying to make the eight. That is their goal, to go 0-2 to start your season, to lose the way they did to Newcastle. Uh, it just screams red flag. It seems like the issues that have been at the Tigers for the last few seasons are still there. And look, I, I have high hopes for them going forward. Oh, look, not super high hopes. They're rolling around with like five captains, bloody hell. Uh, but like, I do think the Tigers can get it right. There are parts of the club that I really like. I like a lot of the players. But overall, something is just not going right at the club. West Tigers, definitely my cause for concern. And I think this could be the season we see them bottom out. Like, it could get really, really grim this season. Uh, I don't think it's going to get much worse. Like, I think they are working toward a positive new direction under Tim Sheens. They've signed some of the right guys for next season. But this could be the season we see the Tigers bottom out. Uh, It could be the same for my team, the Warriors. So, look, if you're a Tigers fan... I'm not trying to attack you guys. You guys, this is just a cause for concern. So best of luck to Tigers fans. But yep, the definite cause for concern this weekend, the West Tigers, they are going to need to win in round three. Otherwise, the media pressure is going to start. It already has, uh, but it's just going to get louder and louder. So there are some danger signs there for the West Tigers. So overall, cause for concern, Tigers. X-Factor player of the round, Ryan Pappenhausen. Round 2's rising star, Dominic Young from the Newcastle Knights. So now what I'm going to do, just before I wrap up, we got a little uh, bit of time. What I'm going to do is have a comparison of the NRL ladder after two rounds and what my predicted ladder was across my season previews. So if you enjoyed this podcast as well, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at not just a sports report. But I'm going to take a look at the ladder now. I'll just quickly read through. In first place, the Newcastle Knights. I had them finishing in 13th, so looking silly early on. Congratulations, Newcastle Knights fans. What a great spot to be early on in the season. Second place, the Panthers. They are the team to beat. I had them finishing third this year, so like, we'll see what happens there. The Broncos, third place. I had them finishing 12th, so again, looking a bit silly. It is early days, but gee whiz, Broncos would be very happy to see themselves in third spot. Melbourne Storm in fourth. I had them finishing first. Definitely still a chance. The North Queensland Cowboys in fifth. I have them in 15th, so again, like, look, early days, but it's going to be a fun season. I am really keen to see how it all goes down, and it looks like it's going to be a lot more competitive this season. One of my dark horses to make the eight, the Dragons. I put them in the 11th in the end. I did have a couple of question marks over them over the course of a full season, but the Dragons in sixth place looked really good against the Panthers as well. Seventh place, the Parramatta Eels. I had them finishing in sixth place. The Roosters, my pick for Premiers. I have them finishing second and winning the Premiership. They currently sit eighth. The Titans, I have finishing 8th. They're in ninth. Sharks, I had in ninth. They are 10th. Uh, so yeah, that's that's alright down toward the bottom uh, bottom end. The Bulldogs, I had in 14th. They are in 11th. Raiders, I had 10th. They're sitting 12th. The Rabbitohs, who are currently 13th, I had finishing 7th. The Warriors, my mighty 
confident pick to finish fifth. Very bold, very biased. They are sitting in number 14 on the ladder. That's a right down the bottom in spoon contention. West Tigers, my pick to get the spoon. They are in 15th. And the Seagulls, I picked them to come fourth, but I said if there are any sides that have a major struggle that we don't see coming or that people don't expect, it's going to be the Seagulls. I detailed in my season preview exactly why and the question marks I had over them. So they are 16th after two rounds, similar to last season. Look, I have faith in the Seagulls turning it round. I think alarm bells start ringing if they lose to the Bulldogs next weekend. But in my opinion, I'm expecting a very fired up Manly. I think the Bulldogs will be... Uh, they won't be stoked at the timing of when they have to play the Manly Seagulls. And I still definitely think the Seagulls can finish in the top four, but you can't give up too bad a start. It's not going to be easy like last year, you know. It's hard to do these things again. People this time are going to be switched on to what, you know, the Seagulls can do. So very, very interesting times ahead. Wait and see approach on Tom Trebojevic. I don't really have any criticisms of him. Um, it's it's just been two really tough games for him. So going forward, Seagulls really interested to see how they go. They currently sit in the very last spot. So yeah, a lot of questions going forward. This has been the NRL Power Hour. I'm going to be back on Tuesday. That might be going a little bit longer. So I'll take some time to properly give my thoughts on the teams in depth, everything that is going on in the NRL. And there are some really important games to look forward to. So hopefully, whichever team you support, you're in the top eight. I mean, if you go for the Knights, congratulations. Hopefully your team's doing well. If they're like my team and not, well, look, there is still a lot of season to be played. I don't know whether that is like a good thing or a depressing thing. Uh, But honestly, look, even the teams right at the bottom, we are all still in with the shot, so... Let's all get excited for the NRL season ahead. This has been the NRL Power Hour. And remember, if you enjoyed, to follow us on Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report. So that has been the action from round two. I will be back on Tuesday for my season preview. And then I'll be back again next Sunday for round three and the next edition of the NRL Power Hour. So I'm sure over the next week, And as we see some footy played, by the time I'm next back for the NRL Power Hour, there is going to be a lot to talk about, a lot of fun games to look forward to. So, yeah, that's basically it. I tried to keep it short and sharp. Just a few thoughts on each of the games. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, I've got a lot of NRL stuff that I'm working on. So, yeah, it's going to get better as well. Still working on the formats. uh, But I just thought Power Hour, good way. Sit down, watch the footy. Give some thoughts on it. Uh, I don't want to be writing too many notes because I love to sit down and just watch the footy. My main notes, my main preparation will be for the season previews. But I do feel like it's good to talk about the action over the weekend, everything that's going on, because, I mean, a lot can happen in one day when it comes to rugby league. So hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, then make sure to tune in on Wednesday, maybe even Tuesday night for the NRL Round 3 weekly preview and predictions. I'll be throwing my tips out there, so plenty to look forward to. Also got a lot of content that is going to be posted on the Instagram, some NRL-related, some not, working on a lot of outside projects, so 
again, a lot to look forward to. And until next time, take care of yourself.